Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, The Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. The skills that you've acquired throughout your paralegal career have opened the door to unlimited employment opportunities. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Alternative career options for paralegals. If you're looking for a paralegal career path that doesn't have the title paralegal in it, but that utilizes your skills and experience, this episode's for you. Let me give you a little caveat about this episode, though. The different paralegal career options that I'm going to talk about, they mostly apply to experienced paralegals. Not all of them, and it doesn't have to be 20 years of experience. If you're new or fairly new to the paralegal profession, and any of these options sound good for you, then put together a career development plan on what skills, certifications, and experience that you want to get over the next few years so that you could transition to one of these if you choose to. Another thing I want to mention, the list of alternative paralegal career options that I'm going to give you, they are all from paralegals who I know who went from a paralegal to one of these positions. So the titles are going to sound very specific, that's why. It's the title or position that they got as a result of their paralegal experience. First, I want to give you the ones that would apply to any paralegal working in any practice area. And then I'll give you a few specific ones that are going to apply to paralegals who are working in specific practice areas because of that specific experience that they're gaining. All right, number one, legal staffing recruiter. I know lots of paralegals who went from being a paralegal to working for a legal staffing company. Now, most of those positions are going to be commission-based, Um, So you want to be good at networking and doing things like that, but definitely thinking outside the box. Number two, a pro bono program coordinator. Yeah, paralegal at a law firm, transitioned, same firm, to a pro bono program coordinator. So she's in charge of the firms. Obviously, it's a big firm. She's in charge of the firm-wide pro bono program that they have a professional development and training manager. I mean, essentially, that's what I do, right? Paralegal professional development, but on the business side of it. But you could definitely, you know, use your paralegal experience to transition into training paralegals at your firm. A project manager for a legal support vendor. That would obviously involve some project management skills, but I've had paralegals transition to that. Or business development or sales for a legal support vendor. And now you noticed both of those have legal support vendors and really even the staffing, legal staffing recruiter, they are all legal support vendors. And I see that a lot where you're working with these legal support vendors, you get to know them, maybe they recognize some skill or talent that you have and you hear about an open position. And that's why, you know, as much as sometimes I can bash legal support vendors because there's a different level of them, 
Um, but I still think that the good ones, anyways, you want to keep a good, open, working relationship with them. In fact, if you remember back in my episode where I interviewed Kim Bookow, I don't have the episode number in front of me. It was called um, Career Mobility, Paralegal Career Mobility. And that episode was all about how for years she was nice to everyone, nice to the receptionist, nice to people at work, kind, I think was the word, that be kind to everyone, including legal support vendors, because she now works for one. So be kind to your legal support vendors. Another one, I've seen this, you've probably seen it, a professional blogger or marketer, like a marketing person to the legal field, whether it's a marketing person at a law firm or a marketing person for a legal support vendor. Uh, Mediators, I know several paralegals who were in litigation. So this might be litigation specific, but I know one of them who wasn't in litigation um, became mediators. And one of them started their own mediation company because depending on your state, you don't need a law degree to be a mediator. And then I know another one, paralegal, who became a conflicts specialist for a law firm. Same law firm, you know, so maybe there's even positions within your law firm that would apply something different, but you're using, when it's at your law firm, you're using not only your paralegal experience, but your reputation within the firm. Now let me give you a few ideas for practice-specific experience. If you're in litigation, there's a litigation support analyst, an e-discovery project manager, maybe you're a project manager for some type of litigation software company or a court reporting company. If you're in real estate or other transactional work like mergers and acquisitions, you could get an executive position at a venture capital company. There's a legislative affairs director for a county government agency. The one I knew went from working in the government contracts department or practice area in the law firm to this position, then later went to work for a corporation doing similar work. There's an executive working for a cell phone service provider. The one I knew was a real estate paralegal who went to work for either AT&T or Verizon, and she was the person doing the real estate contracts for the new store locations and cell phone tower leases. So she didn't go from real estate paralegal at a law firm to in-house paralegal doing real estate. She was actually in an executive position. There's a foreclosure specialist, contracts administrator, compliance specialist, investigator or process server. This list could be unlimited. Start by doing a Google search for one of the titles on the list that I mentioned that sound interesting to you. And you're going to discover even more job opportunities that are out there that are similar to those positions rather than using the term paralegal. So ask yourself, what do I enjoy the most about being a paralegal? Are you a litigation paralegal who enjoys networking and sales conversations? Then maybe a sales position for a legal vendor would be a better fit than managing document review projects. Are you a litigation paralegal who's been working with e-discovery tools and you like the tech side of it? Maybe project management at an e-discovery software company. Maybe you're a corporate paralegal who enjoys the operations and financial side of managing projects 
and you have an undergraduate degree in business management, then maybe a VP of operations or an office administrator at a small company. What do you have experience in? What are you good at? And what gets you motivated? Are you a litigation paralegal who loves to do legal research and writing more than interacting with clients? Than a job in a library or a research company. I know a paralegal who went to work for a research company. Again, the list could be just endless. That's what's great about the paralegal experience that you're gaining. Literally, you can take your career anywhere. What's nice when you move outside the law firm and the corporate legal department, you also move away from the labels, right? We've all grown accustomed to these labels in the legal industry. Paralegal versus attorney, attorney versus non-attorney, professional versus staff. I spoke to a former paralegal about this, Christine Wilder. She's now the head of informations and records management for a huge, huge, huge international company. And she had said to me, you know, in that current role that she's at now, there's no labels or limits to what she can achieve. And without limits, She now gets to do things like drive initiatives, look at the big picture of the company to figure out how she can best serve the company without any restrictions for the or from those labels. When you're thinking about "Mm, it might be time to start act two of my career, I would consider drafting up a plan to help you evaluate your options and decide which career path you might want to take. And all right, you know me, I'm going to give you a step by step plan. Some actionable strategies to get it done. Get your pen and paper out or just do a Google search for alternative paralegal career options. And my blog article from last year will pop up and you'll find these steps in that blog article. So step one, spend some time thinking about what it is that you're passionate about. This doesn't mean that you're thinking about the new title that you want. It means doing some soul searching on what makes you happy. What do you enjoy about your paralegal career and what don't you enjoy? This needs to be real thinking time. In other words, turn off the TV, the radio, all of your devices, and just think. Think outside the box too. Think about what it is that makes you happy. What aspects of your paralegal job do you enjoy? Which ones don't you? And where are your strengths? Which leads me to number two. Step two, do a career assessment. If you've been working as a paralegal for most of your career, it might be helpful to talk to a career coach or take an online career assessment test. Just make sure it's one of the reputable ones because we can get lost in some bad sites out there. Just make sure, look up you know, what the reputable career assessment tests are. I'm probably going to have to warn you though, if you want a good one and one that actually gives you what your strengths are and you know, a true career assessment test, you're probably going to have to pay for it. You shouldn't have to pay a lot, but at least expect expect maybe $20 to $40. I I don't know of any that are upwards of 100. Well, there are a few that are upwards of 100, but be prepared to at least put down $20 or $40 for it. Or hire a career coach. They can help you assess where your current situation is and give you some great insight and analysis and maybe even encouragement. They can also evaluate your work history, maybe help you look at some of your skills and abilities that you've gained as a paralegal and how they could transfer to different areas. 
You know, the best investment I ever made after going into business was to hire a business coach. I wished that I'd done it when I first started the business. She could have saved me years of struggling. Okay, step number three. You got to know what that new field requires for employment and success in that field. And that's the key. You don't want to just switch jobs and then find out that you can't be successful at it. So some career alternatives are probably going to require a little bit of additional training or education that's specific to that area when you decide that you want to make this career transition. Find out what those are before you make any decisions. For example, if you're considering a teaching job, you would have more options available to you if you had a master's degree. But do you want to go to the expense of getting a master's degree? If you are interested in a sales position, you might want to explore some courses on sales techniques. If you are interested in like a project management position, you might want to go get certified as a project manager. You also want to talk to as many people in that position as you can. For example, if you're thinking about going to work for one of the legal support vendors, talk to them. Make sure you understand the pros and cons of any role you're considering transitioning to. The last thing you'd want to do is think, oh, I, can make a, I could make a really great legal recruiter. I'm going to go to work for one of the recruiting companies. And then you find out, oh, okay, not only is it commissions only, but we're restricted on who I can reach out to because they're already clients of these other recruiters that already work there. And it could take me 90 days before I see any money at all. <laughs> so you want to know that. Step four, update your resume. If you've spent most of your career working as a paralegal in a law firm, it's probably been a while since you've updated your resume. You're going to want to make sure that that resume has your list of paralegal skills that you acquired, right? But you're also going to want to look at those and say, how can I show that these are transferable skills that are going to apply to this new career path that I want to take? One place that I always tell people to start, even paralegals who are maybe they worked in a different area and they're transitioning to the paralegal field, go to the job listing, the job that would be your ideal job, and see which skills the employer who's listing that job as, see which skills they have listed as preferred and required, and literally start a checklist. Maybe put a line down the middle of that yellow legal pad and say, preferred, required. And look at a few positions, you know, a few that are similar so you can get an idea. And then list the skills that you have currently on your resume and how could they be transferable? Can you show that they're transferable? You know, one other career path that I forgot about till I went back and looked at that article um, would be an entrepreneur. That's the career path I took. I did it after 20 years of working as a litigation paralegal and then a paralegal manager. So now before you start thinking, ooh, okay, I should open up my own business, there's a lot more to it than it looks. And, you know, that could be its own episode. In fact, now that I think about it, that would be a good topic. I'll add that to the lineup here in the next few episodes. Speaking of that, do you have some topics that you'd like to see or hear? Or maybe you know someone who has a unique story that you think would be helpful for other paralegals to hear on the podcast. If you do, email support at paralegal-bootcamp.com. 
Make sure you put that dash in there. Support at paralegal-bootcamp.com. And let me know. Okay, that's a wrap for this episode. Don't forget, we opened enrollment for the Personal Injury Paralegal Bootcamp, and it's an all-new version of the course. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's at personalinjuryparalegalbootcamp.com. But you know what? Let me. I want to read just a few of these quick testimonials that are on the website. There's dozens on the website, but these are a few that you know really caught my eye. For Jonah, R-O-J-O, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sorry, Rajona, if I'm mispronouncing your name. Wrote, I absolutely love this course. Self-explanatory and easy to follow. I love all the forms and documents. And Tanda wrote, this was an excellent course. I recently made a career change from teaching into a paralegal position. This course came with several documents to help me stay organized. I love the flow and organization of this boot camp. Wonderful educational tool for any paralegal. Thank you, Tana and Rojona. Okay, I'll see you in a couple weeks. Well, I won't see you. You'll hear me in a couple weeks for the next episode. Bye for now. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. Share the knowledge and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.